for Israel. So I got to give them a little instruction because I'd lived in Israel for a year. So I kind of gave them some tips on what to look for and what to look out for. Good to see everybody. Wave, wave, yeah. So, let's see if there's any. It was just wonderful to be down there with friends. I had helped them when they were stepping out of the Lutheran Church. The Lutheran Church in the States got crazy. The ELCA got crazy. And so did the ELCA, uh, ELCA in Brazil. And they were kind of pushing on them because they were those kind of people. Those people that believe that the work of the Holy Spirit is mainlined. It's right, right down the fairway. That's what we all do, not just these certain charismatic people in the side. And so I helped them in that process of shifting. And now they have a movement. They call it the Move Air. And I wore that T-shirt that they gave me eight years ago. And I said, hey, I got a T-shirt I'd like to show you. And I unbuttoned my shirt. And there it was. And boy, did they let out an applause because I was wearing it close to my heart. And uh, so they. It was his birthday on the seventh. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I had a good birthday. Someone said, uh, you know, I got an email from somebody that said, "You you must be about eighty right now." Is that, is that right? Not. I'm almost there. Not quite. Close. So I did, uh, he asked me to do the, the, the plank message. Uh, I don't know how he heard about it, but so I, I did that with the youth. I didn't do that with the adults, but I got down on a plank and I had all the kids get on a plank and then I talked to them and after they succumbed to the pain <laughs> and, and gave in, then I waited a little while longer and talked to them and then I said, okay, here's my message, short-term pain. You hear it coming, don't you? That, you hear it coming. So I, I shared that message with the youth. So thank you for praying. I was told that you did. And uh, you did together. And some of you hopefully did uh, when you're not together. Because that makes a difference. Makes a difference. So thank you. We have the joy of installing this young man here today. And then we're going to install our uh, team of leaders. So I ask the uh, chair for things, and I'll ask him to stay on the call and see you in a minute. We were, we were doing communitas here, and he was speaking to them, and he got very vulnerable. I was shocked. And when I say shocked, I mean shocked. I know what vulnerability is. I'm a vulnerable person, and he's done that in the family. He's been vulnerable. I never saw what I saw when he spoke. I've never seen that type of vulnerability. Vulnerability, appropriate vulnerability, releases grace because it levels the playing field. And when I saw Mark Herringshaw be vulnerable about a struggling marriage, he went public. He said, my wife had said to me that if, we're, if things don't change, the marriage is over. And I said, he said that publicly. That's, that's really giving hope to people who are struggling. Because 
this pastor that we all admire. And then when Leif Hetland, who is a world-class leader, said, I'm addicted to pain medication because of what my back's been doing, I said, wow, that's pretty honest. And that makes it possible for me to be honest. Well, he was honest in a way I've never heard anybody be honest before about the health issues that he has had. And so I want to honor him for, uh, I'm going to install him as a pastor here. That doesn't mean I'm not the pastor. I'm kind of an overseer <laughs> because I travel a little more than he does at this point. I'm out and about during the week. Not as much on weekends because I saw that Lydia House took a hit when I was gone. So I'll only be gone once, uh, hopefully once uh, a month. So as I plan, I'm planning uh, into the fall, uh, and I'm gone in, once in September, once in October, and once in November, because I'm here three out of four. But he'll, he'll be here when I'm not here, certainly. So I'm very thankful to have him work on the team. And so at some point, I think you should share with them what you shared at Community Talk. But I, want, I asked Steve, as the father, if you'd come up, Steve, and just share a word about that so that from a father's perspective, mm -hmm. they understand what he has dealt with. I can't even say the word, what it is. I, well, I'm going to say it not to embarrass him. <laughs> he has a syndrome called HED, that's hereditary, mm -hmm. and the medical term is hypohydrotic ectodermal dysplasia. Good job. It's a mouthful. <laughs> is that right? That's how it's pronounced? Okay. Spell it. Uh, yeah. That's why we go with the acronym. Um, he was diagnosed at about two months, I think it was, two or three months, um, by Dr. Gorlin, who is the, at the time, was the foremost authority, probably the only authority in the world on this. He was, a, he was actually your instructor, I think. Brilliant man. Uh, he wrote the article um, at the time, the encyclopedia. Uh, the, I think at the time, it's such a rare thing, still is. Um, I think there were like 25 people that said in the whole world <coughs> they had this syndrome, which was that rare. And I won't go, well, main thing uh, is uh, uh, the no sweat diet, no sweat pools. That's the main issue. He has other health issues too, but uh, that's the main one. Uh, his youngest daughter has a version of that now, but I, we're hoping, you know, it's not full blown. It's already, you know, it's just more, just more, more of everything. So, but uh, the theme that Paul wanted me to, go on here was the uh, overcoming. Um, he has overcome from day one. Uh, that's been, you know, the physical thing that he's always had to deal with. Um, but other than that, uh, he's a smart guy. I think you all know that. Um, <laughs> he really is. Um, he exceeded in everything he exceeded in school. Um, he did what he's supposed to do. He, he learned. He worked um, to do well because we were told that you know he's never going to be able to do much <laughs> mm. physically so mm. you better get him in school that was one of the things Dr. Gorlin told us that physicians do but anyway um, he became a leader from the time he was a little boy people looked up to him they could see that he was an overcomer um, isn't that interesting it is he could have used that against himself uh, he could have victimized himself 
But he Can didn't. Can I recommend that we use the mics? Do you want? Is it not? It's on. So I wrote notes because I wanted to keep it kind of chronological. When he got to school, we sent him to a Lutheran school. Good, boring Lutheran school uh, where he learned how to be diverse in his faith because we were kind of crazy charismatics at the time. and So he did learn this. I think he shared some of this recently about learning how to blend you know, with other Christians. Uh, so he became a leader uh, from the beginning like that. And uh, physically, he had his, his obvious problems, but he never gave up. He never wanted to stop, or he wanted to be like other kids. He played ball. He played basketball. Uh, one of his instructors, remember Jason's dad, the good coach? I got with him and said, you know, <laughs> he can't do this and he goes yeah I know when I put him out there he's the banger he's a big kid I put him out there and when he he's had enough he bur- yeah he, he would go out that was his role on the team and uh, he was very useful he'd go out there and it was more like football but you know he did it and he enjoyed it uh, and academically at POP he just I guess he wanted to prove himself and he's a smart kid it's like his mother uh, he was the top student in that school, and he actually got a scholarship to the next level at Concordia Academy. It was great. Helped us a little bit. And when he got there, that chapter, it was the same type of thing. He was, you know, limited. I remember the, who was it, the football coach? Oric wanted him to play football. He just begging him. Can't we work something out? Because he's big. C- couldn't we work something out? This was before he got the NASA spacesuit, I think. <laughs> he got a, He got a NASA spacesuit that we ordered uh, that has this cooling, automatic cooling thing. He still wears things like this that keeps him, you know, functioning. So, you know, anyway, he couldn't play. He never did. Never played football. But he did go into track. 10th grade, ninth and 10th grade, and there you go, shot put. I thought somebody might say discus, but he probably could have done disc, but shot is where he excelled, and uh, I remember he got all the way to regions. He he almost got to the state. Well, I said six feet in my notes, but, you know, it's kind of like the fish you catch. Anyway, opposite direction. It was close. But it was a hot day at St. Thomas College, um, and <laughs> he really struggled on that last toss. He was launching them too, so I, you know, he might have made it otherwise. But I remember when we went into the bathroom after, and he was dousing himself with water to cool off. A, a parent from one of the other schools came in. I don't know if you remember this. He goes, "Is he okay?" And I and I explained the whole thing to him real quick, and he goes, "Wow, how could he even be out here today?" Because it was 90-plus degrees in the morning. Yeah, he's not supposed to be in there. You know. So, again, he was always a leader. People looked up to him for that reason. 
and he excelled there academically too in, at CA. Uh, got a scholarship to St. Olaf College, a, a big boy scholarship. We didn't have to pay much. Uh, where, of course, he met his, met his wife. <laughs> you know, interestingly, we thought he was going to go to school, become a doctor, but <laughs> married a doctor, you know. I think, well, I think uh, even before you went to St. Olaf, you were kind of thinking in terms of ministry. It just wasn't, you know, or, or weren't you? I think you I were. Did more ministry than homework there, so. Yeah, they were, they were kind of. Yeah, they <laughs> he and a few of the other guys in his class were foundational in uh, some of the growth at CA, which is, I think, part of the reason why he has a relationship there and where. You know, you have that thing going there with the youth. How often do you go there now, Nate? Periodically. Yeah, so it's great. Um, let's see, what's next here? Am I time running? Okay. Yeah, uh, well, when he met Sarah down there, I had this down. Um, they met and had some group. Bible youth things with Pastor Gary Gilbertson, a good friend of uh, Paul's. Um, Gary's a great guy. He presided at their wedding, as did Paul. Paul did the worship. Um, you know, what a couple. Uh, Sarah has her own story. They're both, they're a miracle couple. They really are. <laughs> yeah, she really does. She... <laughs> You know, she has hair at least. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I, I just to conclude here, I think uh, one of the reasons why Nate has been successful is he doesn't take himself seriously. He would never say these things about himself. So you telling me, that, you know, that he did that at, uh, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that you did all that at Communitas. I'm glad you did. You know, I'm glad you did that. But uh, the last thing I was going to say was, you know the tropical storms that are going on? And they, they name them by letter? This year, when it gets to N, Hurricane Nate. <laughs> so, well, you know, we're going to take it by storm, Nate. <laughs> you are. Thank you. Thank you. That was wonderful. That, that's the sermon that we wanted this morning. And that's how we came here. So uh, thank you, Steve. Sarah has always been very special to Karen and me. And, and with three kids, Andrew and Kaylee and Annabella. You look nice today, Annabella. Doesn't she look nice? Wow. Yes, he will. So I want to ask you some questions now. And some of you uh, are maybe here as guests and not regulars. We'd be delighted if you were. But I'm asking questions to you as people who are going to be receiving from his ministry. Will you honor your pastor and follow him as he follows Christ, honoring him as a shepherd, 
under Christ the Good Shepherd, ordained by God to keep watch over your souls, and will you let him do this with joy and not with groaning, since that would be of no advantage to you? Okay. Will you commit to lay aside your personal preferences in order to strive for the unity of the church, desiring, desiring with all your actions to build up the body while forsaking gossip, slander, foolish talk, and talk in the spirit with affirmation? That's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. But if we can do that, man, we're powerful. Will you commit to self-sacrifice and courage and seeking the salvation of the lost by every biblical means and labor to spread the gospel to all people? Sound good to you? Okay. So now I want to ask things of you. I want you to stand, if you would, Nate. Therefore, take heed to yourself and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseer, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, and not as being lords over those entrusted, but being examples to the flock. I almost smile when I read this because uh, it talks about dishonest gain. Well, he doesn't even have much honest gain because... We don't have a lot to pay him at this point. <laughs> and here's the thing that he wouldn't tell you, but I'll tell you. They give extravagantly. They give extravagantly, even though we're not giving them much. And we would like to give them more. And that's, I'm not laying that on anybody here, but we hope in the days ahead that we're able to give him more. Will you f commit to faithfully preaching the whole counsel of God's word in season and out without apology, without compromising, not shrinking to declare the whole counsel of God? Will you commit to lead this church by being a personal example to this congregation, committed to a life of holiness, spending and being spent for the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I commission you as pastor of Lydia House in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May he who has begun a good work in you and among us bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in you that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Now, as you can, just gather, gather around. Uh, all of you can, obviously, but uh, if you can't touch him, touch the person behind him. I'm just going to have one or two of you uh, pray. One or two of you lead out in, in prayer for Nate and his family. And Lord, we as, as members of this congregation commit to you and to our brother our full support and prayer mm -hmm. as he leads us in all areas of wonder and majesty Thank for you. the years to come. And Lord, we so look forward 
to the blessing and to the glory that is going to be revealed through That's this right. community. And we are excited, Lord. We are excited and thank you for this dear, dear building. Thank you. Rita, I have a picture of you opening packages and just this excitement on your face and you're bringing them back and you're sharing them. And I do believe that God is going to reveal new new, uh, truths of himself and uh, you have been a faithful mouthpiece of his and I believe that is going to continue to be here and other places. Lord bless you. We come against the enemy in all his ways because there's a good thing happening here. And that was the picture I had even this today. This is happening. Whoa, Lord. Well, the enemy doesn't like to see what's happening. Uh, all, all this good. Uh, Father, the scripture from today was Matthew 28, go into all the world and make disciples. Uh, the world has come here and uh, Sarah has grown up on the mission field. Nate has gone on many mission trips. That blessed me to read that this morning, thinking about the inspiration today. And Father, we pray that more and more would be able to hear your word and that this we, the sword of the Spirit would just go directly into their hearts, that many would become your disciples, Lord. And we thank you. Thank you, Father, that you will protect this family, encourage this family by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen. 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 Kids, you're dismissed. Last week was Pentecost. Yes. Yay. So uh, you, never know, you never know. I talked about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read from Elijah here. Or actually, it's from Kings. It's about Elijah. Sorry. He didn't do his own book there. So it says, So he said, Go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by. And a great and strong wind was rending the mountains. Feel like this morning a little bit? And I already had planned this before this morning. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> so a strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound, very gentle blowing. When Elijah heard it, he responded. It says he wrapped his face in his mantle. I didn't bring a mantle, but just imagine that. So he cloaked himself and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here? That's an example of Pentecost. We talked about Pentecost last week. In the upper room, the sound of the wind. And, you know, God might come in power 
where you feel it, you hear it. But he comes in a still small voice, that gentle breeze, mm -hmm. that gentle wind that rushes in and swirls around you, surrounds you. The presence of the Lord will engulf you. So let's not forget about Pentecost just because it's the week after, but let's have great expectation. Yeah. Great expectation that God's going to pour his spirit out upon us as we gather together, as we're alone in the car, as we're going about our jobs, our school. Ask the Lord to baptize you again, refresh you anew in his spirit. I think uh, you know, in days to come, there's been questions about praying in the spirit. We'll talk more about that. You know, does, it, does, it, does it make you, uh, I don't want to say nervous, but anxious if I start praying in tongues? Hallelujah, Lord. That may offend you, but I ask you to open your heart. It's not just talking about Pentecost. It's not just talking about that gentle breeze of the Lord rushing in. But it's about the power that results afterwards. So again, if you're offended, if it bothers you, that's okay. But let's talk about it. We're not here to offend, but we're here to say, let's talk about the word of the Lord. What it says and how it can impact us individually. So let's, let's, uh, let's let every day rush in like Pentecost. Let's listen to the Lord. Good sermon, Tim. Welcome to Buddy House. Any visitors today? Anybody new? Um, we do uh, send out a weekly update. Nate's done a fabulous job on that. Thank you so much. Uh, Nate's taking on a lot here. And, uh, he's Send it around. There are some. Doing a wonderful job. Okay. Don't be embarrassed. Sign up, please. Nate, Nate make sure you're on that. I really were having a picnic today, so I brought my fishing pole. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, I'm already eyeballing it, but uh, that's for the girls. The, uh, we're having a picnic afterwards. Um, you know, the skies are starting to clear a little bit. If it's dry enough, feel free to uh, expand beyond the inside. Um, we've got, uh, we kind of welcomed Chris back and. Julie and uh, Joel, welcome back from your adventures too. Uh, Paul, welcome back and happy birthday. Thank you. And, uh, I'm almost 80. <laughs> <laughs> 37, I think, is what it said. It's a miracle there. And let's see here. I'm missing anybody. Uh, Jacob, we heard from Britt Jacob last week. And he's going to continue to minister to the nations, the, the Indian nations. And uh, we expect to hear great reports on that. Um, we're calling it Harvest Water right now for now. That may stick. Who knows? But anyways, it's, it's Africa. It's water for Africa. Please continue to pray into that. We need to gather ourselves together on this. Uh, and we, we've started that. We have, uh, we have vision, we see the need, we need to get this together and package it so we can tell other people about it effectively because we need to gather in fin literally financial resources to do what God's calling us to do. And we're not talking just about going over and fixing a well for a couple thousand bucks or 10,000 bucks for a couple, whatever. 
we're talking huge if we really want to have right. an impact. Lots of people can go and do, and mm -hmm. so what? Yeah. We want to go big, not for our sake, but because the need is great. We believe God's calling us to do that. A uh, couple other things, uh, offering box, I'll run up and get that, set it over here. Feel free to add to the offering box. We have a library around the corner. Um, I don't think they're allowed to raid your office, are they? Unless they uh, <laughs> check it out. No, no, no. Okay, so don't raid Paul's office. When we talk about books, there's uh, a lot of books over here that are uh, good for the table. Good. You know, when you're done with them, feel free to bring them, bring them back or pass them on, I think. Is that fair? Sure. Okay. Um, Paul's been doing a Sunday evening Bible study here. 6.30 to 7.30, you know, they try to keep it to about an hour, and, you know, the overflows after that. Feel free to join in on Sunday evenings. Um, next weekend is Father's Day, so be thinking about that. We'll celebrate the fathers, and uh, I hope Father's Day is special. I think that's all I've got to say. Yes, sorry. Steve and I um, bought 10 pizzas, so please stick around. Okay. Okay, so everybody lots can eat. Of pies. Lots, lots of pies. Lots of pies. You know, I, I, we tried to pay for it. They didn't want to. They were. Yeah. That was their gift. I, I hear something, but I, you know, I can't carry a tune. So maybe Nate can start. Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Happy Steve, could you all come up? We're gonna sure. Gonna install and pray for our new leadership team. Why don't you guys come and stand where folks can look at you? Not to judge, just to appraise. So yeah, absent this morning is uh, Luann Johnson, Steve's wife, also my mom. She's working this morning, unfortunately. She says hi. And this is the leadership team we're starting with, and probably more will come as we go, and some of these might leave and be sent out to other places because that's the way the church functions, amen? And that's the way we're going to be. So we've been going through a transition time with the previous leadership team stepping down, We've got new ones coming in, and we're really excited about where God's going to take us. And I just want to spend two or three minutes talking specifically to you guys, um, but also you can listen, because it'll be good, I think, for you too. So um, I've been thinking a lot about leadership, a lot about what it means to be an elder. Sorry, it's kind of cramped up here. 
um, reading the scriptures and everything. And the thing I kept coming back to was a verse that used to bug me when I was younger. When I first started to become a leader, kind of end of high school, really coming into my own, started a Bible study, all that sort of thing, um, there was a verse, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, that really bothered me. And that said, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. This was Paul talking. Be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. Or follow me as I follow Christ, is another way to say it. And that verse bothered me because it just, I'm like, that just sounds really arrogant. Follow me. As I follow Christ. I'm like, aren't we supposed to be more humble than that? I, I don't know if that's a great example of leadership. And what I came to realize the following year is the reason I didn't like that verse in reality wasn't because I felt like it was arrogant. It's because I knew that I didn't feel comfortable saying that to other people. I knew that I wasn't ready to say, be an imitator of me while I imitate Christ. Because I didn't want people imitating me. That would not have been good. Right? And I, I felt that inadequacy and that lack. And so I packaged it in my mind as, oh, that's arrogant. I don't like that verse. What is that even for? And then I realized, oh, that's for me. <laughs> the verse is for me saying, hey, you should become this person. You need to become someone about whom you can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Be an imitator of me as I imitate Christ. I think that verse actually encapsulates what it means to be a leader and what it means to disciple, in a nutshell. That's what discipleship is about, especially for younger and less mature Christians and people who are going through a lot of struggle and a lot of difficulty. It can be hard to be like, I want to be like Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. Because that seems so, that's so out there. That's, what does that even mean? Be like Jesus? How, how's that even possible? It can be difficult to grasp, even conceptually, especially when you're an early Christian. Like, be like Jesus. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, but be like Steve. Be like CJ, be like Chris, be like Tim, be like Luann. That I can see. I can touch that. I can say, okay, there are things in these people that I want to imitate, that I want to emulate. I want to be like them in this, in this area, this relationship. I want to follow God like them in this way. And that is something we can touch and see. And I started to see that, especially my freshman year of college, when I moved away from home and was no longer like, there's always a little bit of child versus parent right? Struggle, especially when you're 18 years old. There's always a little bit of that. And once, for me, once I got away and went off to college and started doing things on my own, I started realizing how awesome my parents actually were and how much they're... They changed a lot, didn't they, when you left? They, they got so much more mature after I left. It was weird. I was like, yeah, you guys actually have some good advice now and then. And I started realizing how much they had mentored me and how much they had helped me. And I got new mentors, Dave Olson, Gary Gilbertson, who was already mentioned today. But he was my pastor and my mentor. And I started realizing that I was imitating these people as they were imitating Christ. And Gary in particular, had he has this ability to do whatever God tells him to do no matter what. Yeah. Like, he doesn't like it, <laughs> even if it's not fun, even if it involves personal risk, social risk, career suicide, even if it makes no stinking sense. If God, if God, if Gary knows God is going to do something and wants him to do it, Gary will be like, I will do it. I don't care. And I was like, that's not me. <laughs> but I want it to be. I want that to be me. I want to have that kind of faith. I want to be able to follow God like that. And so I imitated him. I imitated these folks here. I still do imitate these folks here. I'm, you know, all of you have inspired me mm -hmm. over this past year, two years. 
And I know you've inspired other people here. And so I encourage you. I'm sure you already have people that you imitate and that you follow as they follow Christ. And that's great. I encourage you to keep doing that and get more of that. Paul shared many times he still has mentors. He still has people that he imitates, that he follows with. And, but I really encourage you to embrace this idea that other people are going to follow you as you follow Christ, especially now as you're stepping into leadership, um, and that that's a good thing. That it can be a scary thing. It can be a scary thing. It's a very, very humbling thing. And notice Paul doesn't say, follow me because I'm the apostle. Follow me because I have a name tag that says, follow me because I'm cool. Follow me because I'm super gifted. Look what I can do. No, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. So there's a humility piece there. We are all followers. That's what we do. And some of us are called to follow in such a way that others can watch that and follow after us. That's what leadership is in the kingdom of God. It looks different than it does in the world. It's not about serve me. It's about how can I serve you. And, and this is true for all of you because we're all called to discipleship, amen? The Great Commission still in effect. Right. You know, right. on Pentecost, we learned the Spirit will come on you and you will receive power to be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. We haven't reached the ends of the earth yet all the way because there are still people who aren't disciples, people who aren't saved, people who aren't following Jesus. So we all need to disciple. And all of us are going to come to a point, if we haven't yet, where people are going to start trying to imitate us as we imitate Christ and follow us as we follow Christ. And I want you to embrace that. Maybe even go after it. Maybe even start talking to people at work or at school or at wherever you're at and encouraging them and sharing the love of God with them and blessing them, maybe giving them advice now and then. Some people might shrug it off. Some people might say thanks and that's it. But some people might really embrace that. Be like, wow, that, thank you. That, that was really helpful for me. And you can be like, okay, and let's take that to the next step now and let's build a relationship where you can mentor them, you can disciple them. It doesn't have to look formal. What are your problems? I will fix them now. You know, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just real life, real life relationship where people can start to imitate you as you imitate Jesus. And that can be incredibly helpful for people who are really struggling right now and just can't handle the whole focusing on becoming like Jesus thing. But becoming like Jim is something that people can figure out. Everybody with me? That's one of my catchphrases that I'm trying to get rid of because Paul says I don't need it because everybody's always with me, <laughs> which I don't know if that's true. Um, the other thing I want to, last thing I want to point out about this verse is this. Jesus did not recruit the best leaders he could find. <laughs> I'm getting there. I mean, have you ever noticed that? Jesus did not recruit the best leaders he could find. Most of them couldn't read, folks. They didn't have income to support their ministry. They didn't have a pedigree. They didn't have a, anything that one would look for. He recruited not the best leaders, but the best followers that he could find. And you guys are all leaders. You all do have those gifts. <laughs> you, some of you do have training, and that's wonderful. You have experience, but you are good followers of Jesus and that's why you're going to be leaders in this body because that is what Jesus is looking for more than anything else is for people who will follow him and you guys are good followers so you're being promoted to first follower or something I don't we're not going to get super weird don't worry they changed all the names of everything in the bible it's strange um so that's what I had to say to you as an encouragement 
Um, I'm just going to pass this down if each of you want to share for a minute or two. Um, and then we're going to pray for them and we're going to just move the chairs and everybody will make room and we'll just all gather around and pray for them. It, it is humbling. Uh, Luann and I are both humbled. I mean, she really wanted to be here today, especially for this morning. Uh, but for you, I mean, she would have she would have been crying, though, you know, so at least I didn't cry. I was That's nervous, right. but I was Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking, you know. But she did want to be here. Uh, but for us, uh, our experience in uh, church bodies has been mostly in small groups, not even this big, cell group type things. Uh, counseling, my wife's uh, real experienced in that area. I am a little bit. We did... Uh, couple counseling, you know, a little bit, and we're anxious to do anything like that here. Uh, as I say, small intercessory type things, we're not, I'm not upfront big guy type of guy, so I'm a little fish. <laughs> I'm just excited to see what God is doing here and will do here, and I'm glad to be here with all of you. Well, the Lord woke me up this morning, reminding me that I was supposed to share something. I hadn't given it any thought, and, and it's incredible how many things he's downloaded, and then even from what Nate just shared this morning, so I wanted to just share a little bit, and then I also was reminded I didn't share at all about Crete, but when I just got back, but it just tied in, so I'm just going to take maybe an extra minute to say that. Uh, Paul wrote to Titus, first chapter, um, that in to in Crete to set in order things that still need to be done, unfinished business, and then to appoint elders. And um, so that's kind of what I do there. I work with, I pray with elders, and we're working in community and you know, a lot of things we don't know about what went on in Crete, but the Holy Spirit's doing some new things that I think that are old things there. And and uh, then the Lord reminded me about a couple things that had happened in my life on Crete. One was nine, ten years ago. And when Nate shared about these verses that are difficult, uh, one of them is an elder should be above reproach that's always bothered me. And then I could easily just say, well, I've never met anyone like that. But it was for me, too. Nine years ago, I found an old book of 
canon law from the Greek Orthodox Church that said an elder needs to be 50 years old. And I was about 50. And the Lord was downloading then that I'm going to make you into what, you know, what I want you to be. And uh, this idea of, and then I, in 2013, I was, Kathy and the kids were all leaving to come to the wedding and to start something new. And I knew I wasn't done. And then the Lord gave me an old word from at the site of the, the battle that helped turn the tide of World War II on Crete, uh, the words from Churchill, the great leader, when he said this. He said, it's not the end. It's not the beginning of the end. It's only the end of the beginning. And I believe that's a word for here. That's I have waited three, four years because I came here to know that what's going to come out of this house this is going to launch out to the nations and to affect Crete. And I, I planned on leaving my bones there, and I still do. I mean, that's my playing field outside of my family and my area here. So I don't understand it all, but he works in ways we don't know. But he's doing what he began he's doing here at the house of my life. And um, so thank you. Anyway. You're not dismissed, man. Yes. <laughs> you're I thought my head was too you're, st you're still on display. So I'm just uh, honored and privileged to continue on in uh, serving, working with the team here. Uh, we have hopes of great things. I ask you to continue to pray for us. You know, as we put together a new team here, that you would give us each wisdom. I already hear it coming forth. It's great. Help us to walk, but not just walk, but to run together in unity. You know, where there's unity, God will command the blessing. So whether we're great in size or small in size, we have great expectations of what God will do in us and through us. So again, I hope to, uh, you know, pray for us as a leadership team, that we make right decisions, righteous decisions, and, and God-ordained decisions, that we will listen to him first and foremost, that our plans come from above, and that uh, I know even when we met this week, we talked about prayer, and uh, that was a central focus that, uh, you know what, we need to be praying more individually, and as a team. So, again, thank you. Amen. So, we're going to pray for these folks to give them the spiritual authority that they will need in this role as leaders, as well as so that we can recognize them as that. But I want just to say that that doesn't get all of you off the hook when it comes to the direction of this church and this body and what it is God wants to do here. God speaks through us and people. This isn't Moses and his buddies on the mountain who get the word from the Lord and bring it to the people. Okay, that's not the way it works in the New Testament if you read it, okay? <laughs> For those of you who have glanced at it from time to time. And so we all want to continue to be in prayer 
for God's direction and what it is he's calling us to do, where he's calling us to go. You may have words that you want to bring to us to be like, I feel this way, I feel this way, I don't like this, I would love it if. Bring that to us. We want to hear the things that you're thinking. If you feel like you get something from the Lord, please bring it to us. We want to hear that so that we can pray about it and weigh it. We really want you to be praying for this church. We're going to try to be setting up some regular prayer meetings that everybody can go to, to come and join in prayer. If you're able to come before the services every Sunday, we pray upstairs. I'm doing worship team down here, but Paul, Karen, a lot of other people are up there praying. Laura's always there. Um, and so people are praying. Um, if you can come early one week, come and join us in prayer. It's very important that we join together as a body. Um, in the Old Testament, we were just talking about this in the car on the way here for some reason, but in the Old Testament, people would say, hey, priest person, you go talk to God for me. Here's half a cow and some wine. You go talk to God for me. Make sure God and I are good, and then I'm going to go back to my life, right? And that's not how it works anymore, right? Jesus came. He changed the whole paradigm. Now all of us come to God on our own. Your spirituality is your responsibility. Your discipleship is your responsibility. We're here to help with that as much as we can. Our job is to help you be as successful as you can possibly be in your life and in your Christianity and in your walk with God. That's our job, to help you be as successful as you can be, to grow as close to the Lord as you can. But it's still your responsibility to do that. And so I encourage you to do it. Every once in a while, we need a little pep talk. Every once in a while, we need a little kick in the you-know-what to get us off our (laughs) you-know-whats to get moving. I'll say it for Levi Butts. And so, and that's good. That's what we're for, right? That's what a family is about. A family says, right now this person needs a hug. And a family says, right now this person needs a, hey, come on, move, move, move. Let's go. And so let's do that for one another. Let's get in each other's lives, disciple one another, pray for each other. And let's pray for these guys. Let's move towards the middle here maybe. And I would love it if just everybody got up and walked this way, even if you're not able to reach them. Let's just all join together. And I know some of you are maybe visiting or maybe like, I'm not really a part of this, but we're all part of the family of God. Amen? Whether this is our quote-unquote church or this is somewhere we're just visiting, we're all part of God's family. And so let's join together and let's pray for these. Yeah, that sounds good. You guys get in the center, scoot up a little bit. Everybody kind of move in. And I'll start us out, and then people can just pray as they feel led. Father God, I thank you for these four men and for Luann, who's not here right now. I pray that you would bless them, Lord God. I thank you for calling them to this. I thank you that they heard the call, they obeyed. And they said, yes, Lord, I'll serve you in this way that you're calling me to. And I thank you that you are giving them gifts and strength and ability and grace to fulfill what it is you're calling them to do. I pray for new revelation, Father, as to who you are. I pray for new revelation to minister to and bless other people. I pray for greater patience and grace in dealing with difficulties and struggles for themselves and for other people. Lord, as we bear each other's burdens, which it says in Scripture, sometimes that gets heavy to bear other people's stuff. And so I pray for an extra grace to be on them so that the weight wouldn't be on their shoulders, but it will be on yours. And I pray for a 
increase in their spiritual gifts, Father God, whether it's gifts you've already given them or things they have yet to receive, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just pour down on them now everything that they need, and we trust you for that, Lord. Just pray as you're led. seems a bit strange for us as small as we are but we don't think that's the only thing you're going to give us because you have plans to use us way beyond our size that our influence will exceed our size I thank you that you can do big things with little people and we are little people but we have a big God you are a great God you are magnificent you are wonderful, and I don't like to use the word awesome except when I talk about you. You are awesome and splendor and majesty. And so we worship you today. I thank you for the brothers and sisters that you are raising up in our midst to help us see the light and walk toward it. Let's put our hands on Joel here, who is on the leadership team for Africa, the A-team, as I named us, because I think that's cool. And um, also on the A-team is Tim, who is here, and Diane Brask, who many of you know, and Bob Linda Ryan, who many of you know. And Father God, we lift these leaders up to you as well, this A-team, Lord God, who has been called to bless Africa, Lord, the... The drought in East Africa right now is 
reaching biblical proportions. It's it's become famine already in South Sudan and northern Uganda, and um, UNICEF said it's probably going to be the worst famine since World War II. This is apocalyptic for an entire generation of people. And Lord, we thank you for these folks who have agreed to answer your call. Again, it doesn't make a lot of sense to us. We're so small. Who are we that we could do this? But Lord, the Bible is full of examples of little shepherd boys who changed the kingdom and defeated giants and these sorts of things. And so, Lord, we accept your call, and we pray for the leaders of um, the A-team, Father God, that you would give us revelation and wisdom, that you would give us an incredible amount of favor when it comes to fundraising, that you would give us an incredible amount of um, vision when it comes to where to do the projects, is there's so much need. Lord, so I pray that you would guide us as to specifically where you want us to help, where you want us to go, um, and that you would help us to be able to follow you. I'm going to speak the benediction to all of us now and remind you that uh, we've got lots of food upstairs. You can eat it. Uh, let's stay in close. Let's stay in close here while we finish. Uh, you can eat it wherever you want it. You can, you can uh, find there are lots of spots in this house. So thank you for your part and all of you for your part this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We we could start with a pie. I mean, I know there's pie up there. Might as well, might as well get going. <laughs> yeah. Appetizers.